0: Film fans, welcome to the Film vs Film podcast. My name is Martin Harries, your host, and I'm joined by the film encyclopedia man, Boaz Dix. We are a couple of filmmakers on occasion, but mainly can't stop yapping about movies. On this podcast, every episode we pick a topic from a film that's coming out at the cinema or on VOD. Myself and Boaz pick our favourite film from that topic, and we battle it out to decide which film will become the greatest film of all time, according to two film geeks from Wiltshire, England. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave us a review and subscribe. This week on the Sam Jackson and Hugh Jackman Obsessed podcast, (laughs) as The Eternals is out on the big screens, we'll be having a look at our favourite comic book team films. And as ever, I am joined by... Cyclops or Nightcrawler or whatever your favorite, <laughs> whatever his favorite X-Men is. Yeah. Mr. Boaz Dix, how are you, sir?
1: I, I am Boaz Man. Boaz best Man. Best hero of them all. Boaz Man. Cool. <laughs> Topical knowledge on comic books and movies. Cool. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I'm doing good, man. Although, actually, you, you, you are right, man, now that you said that, so many of our yep. films have either uh, Hugh Jackman or Samuel Jackson. Yep. So it's it's basically their show, this thing.
0: Change the title.
1: (laughs) Change the title. Uh, Jackson and Jackman Jerk.
0: That is a good title.
1: We're just masturbating (laughs) the egos of, of these two amazing actors just in everything
0: all right as you may already know by now we have a buy me a coffee account so if you look in our show notes below click the link and if you want to say thank you or show your appreciation click on the link and buy us a coffee that would be
1: amazing
0: what is your pick then mr encyclopedia man for comic book team films
1: x2 Nice the second X Men film. Yes, cool.
0: Why did you pick this one?
1: I think we've referenced it several times. Uh, every time we talk about like an X Men movie, when we did uh, was it Days of Future Past and Logan? Like it, I, I yeah. did always sort of mention X two. X two is is in my mind mm. like either one of the best or the best you know X Men themed universe thing that that I quite like. Yeah, you know, and and obviously has like huge. Nostalgic resonance in my childhood. I remember being hugely excited to watch this movie, and I was mm. blown away when I watched it. I think it's kind of like an un- unappreciated like masterpiece. Well, you know, for a superhero movie, yeah, happened, but yeah, and definitely for an X Men movie, yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, that's kind of that's kind of why I picked it. You know, I think uh, when you say, and obviously, I think most of the X Men films are like okay to some being really bad, and this one just stands out. I think it's like ahead of the curb, and, you know, it, it, hmm. it kind of gets forgotten about.
0: Yeah, this is like one of the first DVDs I ever bought, I think. I remember one time I watched, I've seen it several times before, but one evening I, as a kid I watched X-Men 2 on DVD and then I literally immediately watched the audio commentary <laughs> straight after.
1: <laughs> yeah, same. I, I've watched the audio comment. I think this was one of the first audio commentaries of any movie I've seen on DVD hmm. where I was like, you know. Yeah, just whack on the auto-commentary. Com- yeah. And uh, I l- watched all the behind-the-scenes and everything. I, I loved yeah. the DVDs.
0: DVDs of that era were just so cool, just packed with so much random stuff. <laughs> yeah. And extras. So what happens in X2?
1: So a filler in of sort of the X-Men universe is there are mutants and there are humans. Mutants are this next step in human evolution. Um, the X-Men are a superhero team of mutant mutants. To protect humans and mutant kind alike. Yeah. After the end of the first film, you know, humanity, uh, like the president and all that, they're a bit skittish about mut- <laughs> mutants. At the beginning of this film, that adds more fuel to the fire, where the president is almost assassinated by yeah. a mutant teleporter. So they have to try and find this teleport and work out. But it turns out this is all the clever plan of a uh, uh, one uh, general William Stryker, a human military scientist who wants to eradicate. Mutant kind, so he uses this incident to further his agenda of capturing the X Men and finding a way to kill all of uh, all of the mutants. This forces like uh, Magneto and his Brotherhood, the villains from the first film, to join forces with the X Men to uh, to stop this um, conspiracy. Nice.
0: This is like a tie between Days of Future Past with me uh, in quality of the yeah, X Men yeah. films. I don't think I can separate him Probably. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, I think I quite agree. I think, yeah, I think they're very close in my estimation. And a- after this film, you had a lot of, you know, okay to sort of like mediocre X-Men mm. films. And then I think Days of Future Past, it took a while before the quality was like, oh man, yeah. this is kind of a return to form for Brian Singer and stuff mm. like that.
0: Because like they, they messed up Last Stand, that was a bit of a mess.
1: Yeah, and uh, Origins, was Wolverine. Pip quite bad (laughs) yeah that was just well deadpool
0: Um, my god what did they do to
1: him (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. that was horrible
0: first class
1: first class was okay yeah Yeah. i i I liked it i don't think it's anywhere near as good as like x2 but it's it's okay it's fine it's pretty cool yeah it's fine and then uh, i think days of future past you're like holy shit this is you know this is like (laughs) yeah
0: and i i kind of gave up on x-men after that really i haven't seen apocalypse I've seen bits on TV and stuff, and I haven't really bothered with uh, Dark
1: Phoenix. Yeah, I haven't seen Dark Phoenix either. No, But yeah, I think um, those two are just where it peaks. You know, Mm. X2 is just phenomenal, and it took a while for it to get, you know, that kind of level again, and it's just never sort of matched that.
0: Right, directing then for X2, the action scene where Stryker's men take over the school is great, like my favourite moment is when a special ops guy is trying to, like, stab Logan with a small knife. Then, shing, yeah. Logan's claws are out and he stabs the guy <laughs> through the ribs really in- intensely. You know, it's just a really great, you know, introduction to Wolverine's action there. But there is a moment that, that feels a little dated to me where Wolverine dives off the balcony and takes out a load of guys, but then they kind of cut all around it, which I don't think he would do today. Um, It's still Hmm. fairly effective, but I think if they didn't cut around it so much, it would have been a bit more effective. Plus, when Colossus says to Logan, I can help you, and then Wolverine says, help them as they're going through the secret escape door. And I was like, no, let him help you. It would be awesome. (laughs) Colossus just threw two guys through a wall. (laughs) Yeah, You know, it would have been so cool to just have like a little like tag team cameo in that bit.
1: Yeah, that would have been cool. Mm-hmm. Have like a fastball special or whatever. Maybe he <laughs> just didn't want to be upstaged. It's like it's my film. <laughs> yeah.
0: Screw you. Go save the kids. Yeah, screw Let you. me take the. Yeah, the bad go. guys. Yeah.
1: yeah. But yeah, no, I do think the, uh, the the assault on the school is just is an awesome scene. You mm. know, you've just got um, all of this stuff going on. It's phenomenal. I just remember it in the trailers and stuff. It just blew me away. And then, <laughs> it. but yeah, Colossus turning Wolverine. I love where he goes like stealth on a bunch of soldiers where yeah. it's like be quiet and he's just phew, phew, just killing them <laughs> like nothing it's, yeah. it's just an incredible yeah or where they they're knocking out the kids with the dark guns and then yeah uh that girl like just falls through the floorboards mm-hmm. and she's like going through them and walls and stuff that was cool
0: one of my favorite scenes is when they're all in like the x-men jet and there's two f-16 jets uh that tell them to land or lower their altitude And they fall back, lock on missiles and storm creates like tornadoes to stop them, which is really like visually really cool. Then just before they stop the F-16s, one fires two missiles and gene and gray stops one and the other explodes right next to the x-jet which makes a, a big hole <laughs> and rogue yeah. flies out and Nightcrawler teleports to save her then the x-jet is like crashing to the ground but magneto saves them you know i like it a lot because multiple mutants are all working together to create a really cool cohesive yeah. action scene and we're not focusing just on one x-men character exactly
1: exactly yeah i think that this film does it really well of like having the whole huge cast of characters because it's not even just the core x-men like the first film but you know all of them you know uh, magneto's brotherhood and just everybody does something really awesome so obviously everybody's gonna go well you know wolverine's gonna do awesome things because he did most of the awesome things in the first one but they just make everybody do like cool things and team up together yeah it's just, it, it is spectacular and i think uh yeah you're right that that jet scene was amazing because you know you have storm just doing some incredible stuff gene gray and nightcrawler <laughs> and magneto it's all pretty seamless as well it is all pretty seamless yeah it all makes sense you forgot to mention actually with the storm thing i i, I love that and I, I could never get like she calls down like dozens of tornadoes mm. for the uh <laughs> for the jets and I even love that scene where uh, Wolverine's like, have we got any weapons in this heap? And she just turns around and she's her eyes are white. Like, You're like she is the weapon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I like all the tornadoes are coming down. And she smashes a jet with two tornadoes. Like, one coming from the bottom and one coming mm. from the top. Like, <laughs> like I, I've never seen anything like that since. Like, a, a sandwich tornado. I thought, man, that's cool.
0: They incorporate Storm's action really well. You know, there's that bit where she uses lightning to get Nightcrawler off from the rafters in the church. That was that was a nice touch there. And with the way she freezes the, the room in the second Cerebro room to yeah. stop. Jason. Yeah, Jason. Yeah. <laughs> not Freddy.
1: <laughs> yeah, not Freddy. Although he is more <laughs> like Freddy than he is Jason. He can enter your head and fuck yeah. with your mind. So mm-hmm. he's more like Freddy. Yeah.
0: I like the fight between Wolverine and Yuriko, played by Kelly Hugh. The fight is really well choreographed, really smooth and stabby. And I think my favourite moment is when Wolverine stabs her with both claws in her stomach, and you discover she can heal too. And she puts both hands on his arms and then her legs on his legs to pull his claws out and does this great, like, jump kick, which looks really cool. But what I really like was when she puts each limb on Wolverine, it's synced with the dramatic music beat to make her feel, like, really badass and really dramatic. Plus a great death when she's filled with adamantium, you know, and and drops of metal come out of her eyes and nose. That was 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 quite...
1: Quite a yeah. nice touch there, so. because Wolverine has always had like you know the biggest action scenes in uh, you know physical fisticuffs yeah. or whatever, Core action in most of the films. And I I still do have a huge soft spot for the you know Eureka, Lady mm. Deathstrike, and and Wolverine fight in this film. I just think it's incredible, and um, uh, I think it's my favourite one that he's been in. Like even when we were talking about Logan and him fighting mm. X uh, twenty four, I still really like. And I just forgot how much I liked it until I'm watching it. Yeah. I'm like, damn, this is really good. Have
0: you got a favourite scene then or shot?
1: So I would say one of my favourite scenes is, is mainly because it was a hell of a way to open the film, is uh, the Nightcrawler attacking the president. Yeah, that's mine as well. <laughs> yeah. That is one hell of a way to open a movie. Yeah, so you <laughs> That was absolutely phenomenal, yeah. That blew me away. And it still blows me away when you watch it again. You go, God, I can't mm. believe they did all of this. It's just incredible.
0: And it still holds up, you know.
1: It still holds up. It still looks amazing. He's just taken down the entire security (laughs) team in the White House. It's just so well done.
0: Yeah, directed really well. Just a brilliant, like, flowing camera. You know, before you get a real good look at him, he's gone to attack uh, someone else. And I think my favourite bit is when Nightcrawler enters the Oval Office and we go into slow motion and he's teleporting a few times in the same shot, taking out agents with ease. It's just a brilliant flow to it.
1: Where it's slow motion... Roundhouse kick. Teleports roundhouse (laughs) kick. Teleport haymaker like pun teleports. Throws a guy. Yeah. Just incredible.
0: Right, my score for directing it's very good. Again, I would put it on the same bracket. Certainly the team X-Men ones, not the solo ones. The best with Days of Future Past in terms of the team X-Men films. I Mm -hmm. think the best X-Men film is Logan. I think. Yeah, I mean the opening scene, amazing. A lot of the action is really well directed. It's just that that dive stunt is just cut together too much. So it looks a tad dated. So I'll go 8.6. How about you, sir?
1: I could go on quite a few, quite a while about like the action scenes because I think we've only kind of scratched, <laughs> scratched the surface. There is a yeah. lot of action in this movie. Yeah. Uh, there are so many scenes with so many uh, characters. And I just think they're like the epitome of those characters. You're like, it's just amazing. Like Magneto's prison escape. That was fucking cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I always think that's cool. Mystique and her fight in the spillway. That's yeah. amazing. I had that interacting. <laughs> yeah. You can just keep going. There's so many really good fight scenes, like just throughout the whole movie. And I don't think it feels like too much or it's overdone no. or whatever. It, I don't think they even outstay their wake- welcome. It's like each fight scene feels unique and it has a particular character doing yeah, yeah. a certain thing. It's always quite interesting you know Mm. um and you know Cairo as well i mean you just keep 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 going there's there's a lot of cool stuff in this yeah uh yeah maybe like i'll go an 8.7 or something nice right screenplay then the structure
0: of this film is really interesting because the film has one giant third act for me (laughs) like the whole last hour of the film is at alkali lake Did you notice that you know striker's underground base (laughs) yeah you know, the first hour is all these different stories connected to Striker's plot until they all come together and have to work together to take down Striker. And I just love the confidence in the script to have the whole second half of the film just to be taking down, well, pretty much taking down Striker. Just makes things very simple, and you can you can take time with, as you said, all the action scenes. Um, you can take time with that and and really go for it. Then what's interesting is they is when they stop Striker. And stop Magnic when they stop Magnic. Oh fucking hell! How do you say? Magnico, <laughs> Magnico,
1: <It's> an <laughs> yeah. anime film now. <laughs> the Japanese Magneto.
0: When they stop Magneto targeting the humans, and we still have thirty minutes left, the film becomes like a survival film right at the end because the dam is collapsing. You know, if they don't get out of there, they're all going to die. <laughs> Which certainly makes the film even more intense and ramps up the film's stakes even more, even after the main plot is basically finished. Because none of them, none of the X-Men are safe at this point, you know?
1: Yeah, I think uh, I mentioned this about, like, um, Fire, Fire sale. Like, if you've got an entire plot in one location, uh, I think Mm. this does the same sort of thing. Is always change the goal. Always change the goal of the character every couple yeah. of minutes. I think this definitely does that, where it's ra- it doesn't leave you bored.
0: Oh, in Free Fire,
1: yeah, in Free Fire, because yeah. um, I was saying about that how even now, though that's a long time in one location with one sort of setup, the goal keeps changing and that keeps you invested. Where you're not like, okay, move along. I didn't feel like that from the second half, like move along, because I'm like, yeah, they're here to stop Striker, but it's like, okay, we're here to stop uh, the machine at Cerebro. Oh mm. shit, we've got all these villains to fight, so we've got to do that. And you've got yeah. um, uh, Lady Deathstrike and all these other ones. Oh, we got Cyclops to beat up. Okay. All right, we're, <laughs> we're, we're getting to the machine. Shit, the dam's busted. Uh, okay, we've stopped the machine. Great. Now it's going to kill all the humans. It's like, oh, fucking hell. Like yeah. Now the dam has actually exploded and we're all going to die. So it's like. The goal changes, I'm just saying. I yeah, think yeah. That's, that's that's a very exciting thing to do. I think it would have dragged if the whole thing would be yeah. just kill Striker or whatever, or mm. just stop the machine, and that was it for the last hour. Yeah. Then I'm, Yeah, I'm pretty sure it would drag, but it didn't because... You know. Yeah, the
0: goalpost keeps changing, yeah.
1: Yeah, the goalpost keeps changing, yeah.
0: I quite like the scene where Brian Cox's character, William Stryker, is talking to his son, Jason, in his ear, you know, in his o- very own Cerebro room, you see Charles Xavier's got the helmet on. To Charles, Stryker's words are interpreted by this little girl. And when we are on Stryker and Jason, we just hear Stryker's voice. They change perspectives really smoothly, where at first the little girl just repeats what Stryker is saying. But then the little girl just says the lines of Stryker and Jason are behind Charles's shoulder. Then at the end, Stryker just says the lines and not interpreted by the little girl it just makes the scene more dramatic and Stryker just says mm. the last line make me proud mm. you know <laughs> yeah. because you've got like an interpretation there you can brian singer has the opportunity to just really play with what perspectives he can can use in certain yeah, lines exactly. it's yeah. just a really great device to just play around and i think he pitched that perfectly mm-hmm. in that moment just to give the yeah, great definitely. that great moment for striker at the end where you don't need to interpret it right at the end just make me proud you know <laughs> because you've already established it at the start of the scene yeah so
1: i think it also makes the the interaction quite personal because you know you've got uh Charles in like a, an imaginary world and Stryker talking uh to Jason and that being mm. interpreted Jason talking to but then it's almost as if Stryker is talking directly to Charles. Do you know what I mean? Like Yeah yeah definitely. You know and I quite <laughs> like that. And it's more personal because he, he fucking hates him. He hates me <laughs> this guy. I think it's kind of better that you basically establish this stuff but then you can dial it back because everybody's aware of how these rules work. So and then it's like Stryker is talking to Charles. So, you know charles doesn't know that but you know that was a pretty good scene yeah i agree
0: i really like the little hints of what's going to happen with jean gray it's just not sudden in the end turning into the phoenix you know she says right at the start to scott my dreams are getting worse scott i keep feeling something terrible is about to happen then when she uh, explodes the last missile on the jet her eyes burn red for a moment the same thing happens when she stops scott's beams under the dam and i just like how they are very little clues but they don't distract from the main plot but it still has like a really impactful moment when she you know sacrifices herself at the end
1: because it's payoff it's it's yeah. just paying off stuff they do that a lot where there's just little things introduced well not little but big i suppose <laughs> introduced at the beginning and then yeah. there's payoff they do link into the main plot um, mm. But they are kind of like separate storylines. So even with another big one, you know, so you've got like Jean Grey and, and her premonitions that something bad is going to happen. And her power as well just yeah. increases throughout the film. And then you have like Wolverine and uh, he has no, you know, he's struggling. He wants to mm. know how, you know, he lost his memory and got claws and all that mm. stuff. And he can't find anything at Alkali Lake. He, he recognises Striker, who still doesn't know. And then I love, you know, you get payoff, you get catharsis with that, where he confronts Striker mm. and stuff like that.
0: I always remember that shot when he's coming down the tunnel and he's all naked and full of blood all over him. And yeah. I was like, bloody hell, I'm not sure you could have that yeah. shot these days.
1: <laughs> yeah, oh, it was quite dark. like on Netflix maybe, but um, yeah. maybe not. It kind of ruins it for me, like X-Men Origins Wolverine, because their mm. version of that seemed terrible. Like, uh, <laughs> like th- these little fla- memory flashes that he has, they're horrific. You're like, you know, where he's he's going around the thing and seeing claw marks and he's, he's really remembering, you know, what happened to him and then how he reacted to mm. it and all the blood and everything. Uh, that's how I like to remember that event. I think X-Men yeah. Origins Wolverine just really took a giant shit on that because... That was horrible, yeah. how he escaped. That was horrible. Yeah. Very PG. I think I blocked most of that film out, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah. I, I don't think you should, like, separate that no. from this
0: one. The timeline for the X-Men universe is very messy. <laughs>
1: oh, God, yeah. Yeah, I saw this guy try to explain it, he was like, there's so many damn plot holes. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: And even with, like, the new ones with the new cast, like, you're going from the 60s to the 90s. Like, 40 yeah. years... And they still
1: look the same. <laughs> exactly. You're like, okay, so get. let me get this straight. In about 10 years' time, so from the 90s to the 2000s, you know, X-Men 1, yeah. Michael Fassbender is going to look like that to Ian McKellen? Like, that mm. doesn't make any sense. Do you know what I mean? Mm. <laughs> I mean, the diets
0: in the 20th, 21st century must be shit. <laughs> <One of> those <laughs> yeah, characters. <I> <laughs> He's looking good, and as soon as it's the year 2000, it's,
1: Phew, white hair, <laughs> wrinkles. I don't what is in this like
0: food this. in this century? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, there's a lot of great, great lines in this film, uh, really great writing in terms of the structure and in the, in the dialogue. Continue smoking that in here, and you'll spend the rest of your days under the belief that you're a six-year-old girl. You do that, I'll have Jean braid your hair. (laughs) Yeah, that was good. Too much iron in your blood. (laughs) To start off that great action scene. Yeah, Yeah,
1: I love that. Or, uh, what was it, Mystique, where she actually pumps that guy with the metal, Mm. and uh, he's like bottoms up and just drinks the thing, and then she turns turns him over and puts metal in his ass, and is like, bottoms Mm.
0: up. I like the line from Pyro when they're in Iceman's family home and his mum says this is all my fault and then pyro says actually they discover that the males are the ones who carry the mutant gene and pass it on so it's his fault and then points to the dad (laughs) you know and then apparently cats like iced tea i didn't know that that's very (laughs) odd
1: (laughs) yeah you should try that with your cat yeah that's very strange
0: i'm surprised he had a tongue (laughs) left because when you know, Wolverine gets his claws out of the, out of the you know, out the cat, and the <laughs> yeah, cat licks yeah, the claws. Then when he, yeah. you know, retracts them, you hear a it, meow. It's like, oh, <laughs> bloody hell, he cut his tongue off. <laughs> <He> cut,
1: <laughs> cut his goddamn face,
0: <laughs> Put the knives down. I can't. <laughs> yeah, that was good. You are a god among in- insects. Never let anyone tell you different. Magneto to Pyro. That was cool. That's a good one. You were an animal then. You're an animal now. I just gave you claws. Yeah. (laughs) And my favorite is from Stryker, fairly near the beginning when he's talking to Senator Kelly, and they've just left the meeting room with the president. And he says, I "I was piloting black ops missions in the jungles of North Vietnam when you were sucking on your mama's tit at Woodstock, (laughs) Kelly. Don't lecture me about war. This is already a war. (laughs) Yeah. Is that guy. your favorite as well?
1: Yeah, I think that's probably my favorite.
0: So score for me for screenplay I will go I think higher than directing cuz I kind of really like the structure of the film and I really like what you were saying that yes that you know that you have a giant third act which I kind of really admire but they have lots of different goals and they kind of keep changing. It just keeps the audience on, on, on edge. So I'll go like 8.7, I think. How about you, sir?
1: I'm going to go like uh, 8.9. Nice.
0: Right. Acting then. I really like the little action scene near the end where Wolverine turns into Mystique. And again, the action is really slick. And I've always really enjoyed like Mystique's action style. A lot of like flips and kicks with her legs and things. Yeah. It looks really cool, and at the end, it's awesome where she, like, slides through the doors and <laughs> as they're closing and just does... Gives him the finger. <laughs> gives the middle finger, yeah. up As yeah, she slides through the door, that was quite cool. But in the third film, I was really pissed when she loses her powers in the third film, like, and Magneto just I... abandons her. I was like, what yeah. are you doing? No!
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sucked.
0: Such a good character.
1: Yeah, yeah she is. She's absolutely incredible. She does, like, a bunch of... I think she's so cool in this movie, yeah. Mm. Oh, and she tries to sleep with Wolverine. That's weird. <laughs> that she really changes
0: cool. into, like, all the female
1: characters. <laughs> yeah, and then even Striker. I thought that was funny. Like, what do you really want? <laughs> I actually remember the DVD commentary where they were talking, the director, like Brian Singer and what have you, they were talking, and they got to that scene, and she's changing, you know... uh, into Jean Grey and into Storm yeah. and, and Rogue and stuff. And he's like, you know, get out. And she's like, what do you really want? And he t- she turns into Stryker. And Brian Singer was like, sex with Stryker? <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: a whole different movie. <laughs> That's some fan fiction there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that, that was quite funny.
0: I love the acting from James Marsden and Hugh Jackman after Jean dies, you know, Wolverine keeps saying like, she's gone, she's gone. And Cyclops is just shaking him and Hugh just lets him do it. Just lets him be really aggressive with Hugh and like Hugh doesn't know what's happening to him. You know, he's such, you know, Wolverine is in such shock. He just lets it happen as he's staring into space, like Cyclops isn't there. You know, really emotional stuff from both actors in that moment, really yeah, convincing. There's a great, great little moment from Patrick Stewart right at the end, where he's about to teach a class and just looks out of the window, uh, and it's really subtle look of astonishment. And then a student says, "Professor, is everything all right?" And Charles just turns back around with a smile on his face and just says yes i think it will be such a random moment not seemingly connected to anything until you hear jean gray's voice and then you see the wings in the water and then they mess up mm. the third film
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah you know. they hint at her resurrection and mess it up <laughs> yeah uh, they messed it up twice now but mm-hmm. um I think it's uh, yeah because I, I, I was so pumped for the third one because mm. it ends on a cliffhanger. It ends on a yeah, yeah, she's coming back as like you know Phoenix and and you're like oh shit this is crazy.
0: But it's it's such such a great moment for Xavier's character because he knows in that moment that something's that she's back you know but not mm. the same you know it's just yeah, yeah. really well done I think that. So my favourite performance for me is Brian Cox as Striker. Just a really great role for him as a villain. You just can tell he's really enjoying himself in this role. Uh, yeah, definitely. For me, he's got the best lines.
1: Yeah, just brilliant. Love Brian Cox. <laughs> yeah, no, because uh, I was saying before, um, when you were talking about you know the, the script and lines, yeah, uh, and you were saying all these other lines, and lots of characters have loads of lines. Ryan Cox has some really amazing lines, and he delivers them great. Um, yeah. I love when he's basically bearing his heart about re- like how much he hates mutants, and you can tell he <laughs> despises them. Like he's all been trying to be fun and games and a bit sarcastic most of the time, but he truly yeah. hates them like with a yeah. passion. And he tells that story about how his son, who's a mutant, uh, is responsible for his wife's death. And, mm. you know, he's, you know, he's very pissed off. He's very distraught. It's like, you know, and I like that line of, um, you know, he brings in his son who's now like this experiment to mind control, yeah. you know, mutants. And he's like, what have you done to your son? This is your son. He's like, no, Charles, my son is dead, just like the rest of you. And he just storms off. Mm. Yeah, really great subtle performance in times
0: and really intimidating at times as well. Yeah. Yeah. Love yeah, it. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: is that your favorite performance as well? or?
1: Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I I think, yeah, uh, yeah, William Stryker definitely stands out to me as uh, it's just like Mm. one of the best. And I I don't think, because they've recast him so many times now. And I still really pine for Brian Cox (laughs) in the part. It's like, I don't think any of these other guys can touch him. No. You know?
0: (laughs) So my score for acting, I will go. I think the standouts are Hugh Jackman again. I mean, he's always good yeah. in all of the films we've picked from him. Our sixth one now. <laughs> yeah. Patrick Stewart, Ian McKellen. They're amazing in all the films that they've done for me. Mm. So I will go like 8.5. How about you, sir?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll go 8.6. Right,
0: right, let's add up the scores then for X2, X-Men United x2 gets exactly 52 points it mm. is a good score all right my pick then is the incredibles one of pixar's finest films i would say yeah. not sure i'd put it in my top five but it's definitely in the top 10
1: yeah i would say it is a good one
0: why did i pick this one well There was a lot to choose from, and we had done a few already. Like, I'd picked Guardians of the Galaxy already. I probably would have picked that one if we hadn't picked that already for comic book team films, so that was probably my go-to one. And there's the obvious, like, Avengers films. They're all amazing, but I think there's so much content about those films out there. And also, I didn't want to, like... Admit that Bowaz doesn't have a heart because he didn't cry at the end of Endgame, yeah. so that wouldn't be good for you.
1: <laughs> I don't cry at the end of anything, man. I rarely cry. I, I don't Ooh, even think really? I can cry. Heart of stone. Yeah. <laughs> I think I lost my tear ducks in the really? war. Oh, um... right. In the yeah. war. Yeah. The, mutant the mutant war. The war. The great mutant war. Bowaz is secretly a mutant. <laughs> yeah. Actually, that would be funny if it, um, if I was involved in <laughs> X2. And so, like, I'm Boaz Dix, and I, I joined in the fight against uh, Brian Cox. Cox versus Dix. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my right. God. Yeah, just that is a very different movie. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm pretty sure that's uh, X-rated, those titles, yeah. Yeah, I'm not reading your fan fiction. <laughs> fan fiction, God, no. no. You will be appalled Bryce. and disgusted.
0: <laughs> Cox versus Dix, my God. So when I, you know, did my Google search for comic book team films, and when I saw Incredibles, I was like, yeah, definitely, let's pick that one. (laughs) This is awesome. (laughs) Yeah, so what happens in the Incredibles? Well, we kind of, well, we start with these great interviews, which are really interesting, but the film starts proper in this kind of like 40s style era, you know, a world of of superheroes and supervillains where crime seems to be happening everywhere. <laughs> and Mr. Incredible saves this guy trying to commit suicide through this building. He tries to stop Bomb Voyage who tries to blow up the building and he gets away because of his number 1 fan. All of a sudden The guy that he actually saved sues Mr. Incredible. And then there's kind of this snowball effect where this great newsreel footage where literally all these superheroes (laughs) keep getting sued. So then we kind of go several years later where all these superheroes are like living among normal people. They've all been relocated and can't use their... They have to hide their superpowers. Um, So Mr. Incredible ends up with like a normal job in an insurance company in like a big office building but then one day he gets a he gets a secret message delivered to his home and it's about they need his help to take down this robot uh, and test it out test its weaknesses or whatever and then so he pretends that he's going on these conferences and he keeps battling this robot but then Mr. Incredible soon finds out that syndrome was behind all this and he he has a like a james bond
1: his arch nemesis
0: yeah a james bond style plot to fly this robot over to the to the mainland in america and and, and make it look like syndrome is the hero by defeating the robot so then he can become the leader of the new superhero era if yeah. you like
1: we basically had all the previous superheroes murdered yeah then. There's only really the, <laughs> yeah. you know, the pars and Frozone that are left.
0: Yeah. So then Helen Parr finds out uh, through his homing beacon from the, the amazing uh, Edna mode. <laughs> uh, and then her kids stow away and they join the fight with Mr. Incredible and, and take down Syndrome. And then the Underminer at the end. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's a really cool, like, superhero story. Nothing we've kind of seen before in a superhero genre a really nice spin on it i love the, the the elements with bond as well that was that was really nice what do you make of this one yeah, though, man, uh,
1: i do have a soft spot for it uh I, yeah i think it's great and it's one of those ones that it's you know i mean it's done by uh pixar i mean they do amazing stuff anyway uh it was entertaining it's fun it's lots of action it's mm. pretty heartfelt yeah. Uh, yeah. I do like, as you said, like it's not just the superhero stuff, but the spy stuff, and it's just a really well done film. And it's kind of interesting because it's not really mm. based on a prior intellectual property, like most of the other things we talk about. Like they used no. to be something yeah. else at some point, uh, but you know, Pixar has the clout where they can just make up. I mean, they do frequently just make up ideas, and and they're always hit. So yeah, it's no exception.
0: I feel like the golden era. I think some of the films now are okay.
1: Yeah. I think they're launching a lot of OKs.
0: Well, more than OK, they're really good. But, I mean, this one, along with a lot of other ones in the noughties era that decade, was just masterful films, you yeah. know. So good. Your Toy Stories and Wally Up, Inside Out, stuff like yeah. that. Just really great stuff. Right, directing then for The Incredibles. I think the first fight with Mr. Incredible he has with the robot is really cool i like the design of the robot because it has this very like cartoony design where it's just like a ball with four arms and he kind of just flings his arms around that was quite a nice way to animate the robot which fits really well with the tone of the film. And I like the bit where Mr. Incredible gets a pain in his back and then the robot tries to tear him in two and just ends up cracking his back straight, which helps him defeat the robot, <laughs> which is, you know, really creative, funny storytelling. Plus, I love the way Mr. Incredible's suit is too small for him. <laughs> and he's just bulging out of it, which is kind of a nice, funny
1: detail, yeah. No, there's uh, there's so many funny things about like his his weight, uh, how he, he's basically got a dad bod because he's a dad now, and back then he was like <laughs> yeah. he was like Arnie, mm. and now he's like Arnie, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Arnie of today. Yeah. But yeah, I like the scene where I mean that, that's a bit harsh. <laughs> yeah, that is a bit harsh. It's a bit uncalled for. He could still kick my ass. <laughs> so I better just you know be very careful. Yeah, definitely. Um, I like that bit where he, he keeps he's gonna get shot out from the rocket and he's put in and the guy keeps pressing the button and he just won't fit through the damn pod it's like
0: (laughs) i love how this film combines like superhero elements with james bond elements in the story and design i love the design of syndromes secret island You know, the jet Mr. Incredible is in, goes underwater into this secret entrance, you know, and all the water drains out while he's eating prawns. Uh, (laughs) They travel across the island in a monorail and this massive waterfall just opens up. Mr. Incredible is shown to his room just like a 60s Bond movie, you know, love it. When Mr. Incredible is sneaking around at night and rides the monorail, it's just like You Only live Twice. There's even some trumpet music cues straight out of an early Bond film. you know. And the shot where the monorail car takes out the guards, where Mr. Incredible just throws it from a distance, uh, and it's backlit by the moon, is just a really nice shot there. Yeah. There's a nice little sequence. Yeah. It, it certainly is a strong homage to you know, early Bond films for me not just superhero films.
1: Yeah, yeah. It just kind of reminds me as well, like, uh, of really early, like, Superman cartoons in, like, the 40s and stuff. Uh, because of the whole sort of art deco. Oh, yeah. The sort of art deco look of everything. Uh, mm. Yeah, but, you know, that that's just kind of a design thing. Just how, how uh, the fashion mm. of the time and how, like, buildings are designed and how interiors are designed. Yeah. Just reminds me of that kind of stuff.
0: I really like the little scene where Mr. Incredible gets caught in the main control room where lots of these cannons emerge on the walls and fire this black goo that expands on Mr. Incredible as he tries to escape. It's just a really creative way to stop someone like Mr. Incredible. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Plus, I love how the cutting of the scene gets quicker and quicker to almost a blur between the shots of uh cannons firing and shots of mister incredible's face then there's a great P V shot of the black stuff like s- slowly blocking his vision just really gr- dramatic and creative visuals i've never really yeah it's just a really great scene there just really clever <laughs> yeah
1: i agree that that was an amazing sequence and yeah as as you've said um firing the cannons on him cuz it slows up at first the cannons come out and you're like what is going on and you know the music starts and he gets fired by one one of the cannons. Mm. And it starts to expand, and then it starts to cut faster and faster. Where it's like the cannons, him running, the cannons, him getting encased, <laughs> cannons, him getting covered, cannons, him ca- cannons, 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 cannons. And then he's like, ah, like that, just go over. <laughs> and it d- it yeah. does make it incredibly tense. It's just how it's uh, how it's cut together.
0: I love elastic go in this in this film. I forgot to say at the start. This is basically the best Fantastic Four film we've had <laughs> yeah. to date, yeah, I, think. I agree with you. Right? <laughs> you <Yeah. know? laughs> Pretty much. And they use Elastic Girl so well, so creatively uh, in the action, and it's funny as well. I love the little action scene where Elastic Girl's leg, main body, and arm gets stuck in three different doorways <laughs> yeah. on the base. That was good. And her hand has to like feel the goon's chin before punching him in the face. That's funny. Like a goon pokes her leg and, like, what the hell is this? (laughs) Then just kicks the goon. You know, and her body clotheslines two goons on a vehicle. That was great. Uh, Again, just really creative action and
1: making it funny. Her ass smushes two other goons when uh, her leg (laughs) is unlocked and bang. Lucky goons. Um, Mm. Yeah.
0: And I feel like Brad Bird and Co have really thought about how they can use the powers, their powers creatively in this animated story. And being an animated film, certainly in in individual moments with the characters, they've really thought about how they can use these characters in this animated world, which where you can get away with so much more. Mm. You know,
1: I would say one of my favourite, if not favourite, sequences is uh, is Dash, is when dash goes as fast as he can (laughs) that whole sequence was incredible with the running on the water and yeah oh man it was amazing it was just amazing i i i still get chills whenever i see that scene yeah because even talking about it how the music is set up and everything of for that scene it looks visually incredible he's running away there's a real sense of danger he's even getting hit which is crazy these guys are even punching dash And, and shooting at him and I just love when he runs on water that is just such an incredible moment because he's running running running, running. Yeah. there's water oh, there's these guys and then the music just kind of cuts out and he realises oh, yeah. oh shit I can run on water and then the music comes back in again like <laughs> you know much harder than before and yeah. you're like whoa this is incredible
0: because he's being chased by the by goons in these like flying razor blade hovercraft thingies you know and the action is so dynamic and thrilling because the camera it's going so quickly and staying with the characters while the environments around them are going lightning fast you know i think you can only really achieve this in animation it's like you're on a roller coaster in that scene at at some point (laughs) not to say you can't do this in live action because it did remind me a bit of return of the jedi with the speeder bikes Mm -hmm. sequence so because they use a lot of a lot of um, undercranking there, and then playing it at a normal speed. So yeah, that's my favorite scene as well.
1: I think all the action scenes, e- even before and after that, are really great. And even the big one with the the robot and the city is is amazing. It's a big set piece. I think they did a good job. But I don't think anything can beat like just the dash scene. In it's just it's no. so exciting. And I think also because it's from his point of view, constantly you're getting the world just rush by. It's like. Yeah, as you said, it does feel Mm. like a a roller coaster when he's. uh... Yeah, that was really good. And I love the bit where. um, So he's running, and even how that sequence ends, where they have him cornered and he doesn't know what to do. So he just stays still, and you think, I screwed. And then you realize, (laughs) oh, when he's running, that's when he can actually stay on water. So he just sinks beneath the waves, (laughs) and the ships just collide into each other rather than hit him. Yeah, that was great. (laughs) Whoever designed that action scene. Yeah, that was fun.
0: I love how creative the action is in terms of how the family work together to solve problems and to fight the bad guys. There's a great bit after the jet explodes and they're in the water and Elastigirl makes herself into like a boat and Dash kicks his legs in the water creating like a living speedboat yeah, <laughs> while poor Vi is just like sat in the middle of it <laughs> getting cold. Yeah. But I feel like in the last fight the whole family and Frozone when they fight the robot... It's really cool in individual moments. I mean, I think the creativity just isn't as good when they work together. Very few moments when that happens, when they work together. It's more like characters are saving each other rather than working together. I get
1: you there. Vi is holding a shield to protect Dash or... um dash is running around to find the remote or you know bob is beating up the robot or you know helen is throwing stuff at the robot with her elastic Uh. powers and frozen but yeah i do get you they're all separate i wish there were more moments like as you said the speedboat one but also um you know where uh, dash and uh, violet like she makes a force field and he runs with her to have this like hamster wheel force It's like that mm. was awesome.
0: Yeah, they could have incorporated something like that.
1: Yeah, I think they, I think they should have done way more of those kind of team moves at the last fight. I do agree. There are just very few mm. where you're like, "Whoa, that's cool," but they happen way before the finale, and then the finale, they're just, um, yeah, going at it individually.
0: Yeah, not to say they don't work together at all. There are fleeting moments, like yes, I said the speedboat bit, and like right at the end, where yeah. Mister Incredible literally froze. Elastic Girl to syndrome.
1: Oh yeah, it's like a javelin. Yeah, that was good. That was good.
0: But yeah, they could have had like Dash in the force field that Vi is creating and then like use Elastic Girl like a slingshot oh, or man, something. That would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> That'd have been cool to get onto the top of the yeah, yeah. robot and and do something like yeah. that. It's a shame because you don't have limitations in this world. It's an animated film. You can do what the hell mm-hmm. you want. Whereas in like X Men two there are limitations a little bit. Whereas I think the best action scene where where these teams work together is in X-Men 2 and not in this film unfortunately
1: yeah okay yeah I agree with that actually I would say
0: so you know it just makes me really want to see Incredibles 2 again to see if that sort of thing is better Mm -hmm. I don't know (laughs) I think I've only seen that film once so I need to revisit that
1: yeah I've only watched that I've watched Incredibles uh, a lot I've only watched Incredibles 2 once
0: so directing score what you're going with,
1: I think it's visually very nice, very nice to look at. And it does have this sort of timeless, <laughs> yeah. like old-timey but timeless feel to it. Mm, and it's yeah. very colourful and it's it's fun and stuff. Oh, God. Maybe like an 8.2? No, Two? no I, okay. I don't know. That's a bit strict, isn't it? <laughs> that is a bit strict. I don't, I'm not sure where to put it, really. I'll, I'll give it an 8.5. 8.5.
0: Yeah, I think I'll still go with the eight. I might go eight point four because this whole thing in the, in when we were talking about Hot Fuzz is kind of stuck in my head a little bit, where the the best action scenes are at the end. Where again, this Incredibles unfortunately falls into the trap. It's of, in the middle. It's yeah. not at the end it's with dash dash is the yeah scene. i would say yeah.
1: dash is the mvp he's the most valuable player and that scene with Dash, <laughs> uh, it's so weird that it, in the incredibles and there are great action scenes and there's there's great stuff with bob and there's great stuff with helen we've talked about those things and with the family but you're like that dash scene should not be as good as it is it's it's incredible it's yeah. absolutely incredible. <laughs> and you think the last yeah. fight is nowhere near that and you're like ah oh, man But yeah, no, I I agree with you. Just like what we said in um, Mm. Hot Fuzz, like they did it perfect of having the the best uh, action scene, the best choreographed stuff at the end. Right screenplay
0: then for Fantastic Four,
1: (laughs) yeah. yeah. Alternative (laughs) film.
0: (laughs) I really enjoyed the opening interviews of Mister Incredible, Elastigirl, and Frozone. It kind of makes the world and characters feel so much more real and brings more detail and nuance to the world. And I like how Mr. Incredible thinks the interview has finished at one point and tries to walk off and take his microphone off and then cut to another question. I thought that was genius. It just brings a weird realism to it, even though it's Pixar. (laughs) I think it draws you in immediately, forgetting it's animated in a way. It's just a really cool opening. I really like that. I love how the opening scenes play out. It's, It's a great action sequence, you know, where Mr. Incredible saves a guy uh trying to kill himself and then mr incredible tries to apprehend bomb voyage. Bon voyage but he es- <laughs> but he escapes because his number one fan uh what does he call himself as a oh, kid incredible boy incredible yeah, yeah. <laughs> as incredible and you think the rest of the film was about trying to catch this french dude but no the guy <laughs> trying to kill himself sues mr incredible yeah. and it just snowballs from there in this brilliant like black and white 40s news style reel reveals that all the superheroes have to be relocated and and live a normal life and it's such a brilliant idea to set up your film completely unexpected and very plausible if the if this was real because of all the bureaucracy we have now (laughs) a man of steel 2 should have been this film realistically (laughs) or you know bbs Yeah
1: 100%. Literally everyone suing suits uh, yeah, Superman yeah. for hundreds of millions <laughs> much. which he can't afford on a reporter's yeah. salary. Yeah, I I quite like yeah. the trajectory of the film because it's 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 mostly on Bob and just the fact that he is yeah. not happy with his life. Mm. He just feels bored, he is just underappreciated, he misses the glory days. The the film is basically an arc of he doesn't really know what he's got until the end. Because it's like yeah, yeah. he had these glory days, and he still keeps trying to capture this, and he hates his life now. He he just hates everything. Then he gets into this this mission of being a superhero again. It turns out it's for Syndrome, and then when he thinks his family is dead, it's like no, they were the most important thing. None of this shit mattered. It was it was mm. your family. That's what you should have been focusing on. Yeah, and so I think it had a, a quite a good message. One of like you know, fam family is yeah. is, is is important. It's very important. But two, it's um. You know if you are kind of amazing you shouldn't have to hide it, you know what I mean? Like um, yeah, yeah, definitely. You shouldn't yeah. have to hide who you are.
0: Cuz certainly the opening scenes it kind of plays out like uh with the family dynamics that they're all really frustrated that they can't be themselves yeah. just in this film they you know they can't they can't use their superpowers and Helen Parr played by Holly Hunter the mother is trying to keep the family together dash gets sent to the head teacher's office you know Helen has to deal with that uh there's a family argument at the dinner table where dash is making fun of Violet because of a boy she likes it's just like all normal stuff like you would expect in a family drama but they're superheroes yeah.
1: <laughs> i like when they're having the fight over it
0: yeah just very normal family issues but it makes the film really relatable and makes you really care about these characters Um, you know towards the end when they're you know where they are in in jeopardy even when helen and the kids are in the thick of it in the story on the plane and she has to phone the babysitter to check that jack jack is okay and and tries to send the sitter home and get a new one from a service the family dynamics are always there throughout the whole of the film you know all very like family issues from minute one to to the end you know
1: i like when even they're in the rocket do you remember that helen is holding the damn (laughs) minivan onto the rocket and uh, dash is like are we there yet he's like we'll get there when we get there
0: (laughs) yeah i quote that sometimes we get there when we get there how are you doing, honey? Do I have to answer? Do I have to answer?
1: <laughs> uh, I like also where they're, uh, they're arguing on the freeway. We, we take the left junction. No, no, oh, we yeah. take the right <laughs> junction. <laughs> yeah, some
0: great, great lines <laughs> right at the start in the interviews from Mr. Incredible. Sometimes I just want it to stay saved, you know, just for a little bit. I feel like a maid. I just clean up this mess. Can we keep it clean for ten oh, minutes? Yeah. <laughs> The way uh, Mr. Incredible says, showtime. I quote that
1: a lot. Yeah, showtime. A good one.
0: Tell me where my suit is, woman. We are talking about the greater
1: good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm your wife. I'm the greatest good you ever going to get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You didn't save my life. You ruined
0: my death. My client has no at this time. <laughs> oh, I love. Uh, so uh, when he gets okay. fired...
1: That is amazing. That scene is great. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. his boss is a complete bastard because he's trying to help people that come to, you know, for insurance and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like that scene, actually, where you first see him with the time jump and he's at the office and he's Mm. bored to tears. And he's saying, like, to the old woman that they can't cover her, you know, their insurance can't cover her. And she's crying. What do I do? and and then he gives her like a pen and paper i can't help you ma'am i really wish i could if i would i would tell you to go see this woman and fill out this form and then do this and then do that but i can't i'm sorry it's like uh, you know sorry ma'am i can't help you start pretending to cry you know uh, that was great but yeah and then he he throws his boss through like several walls that was fucking awesome. that is yeah. the most badass way to quit your job or to get fired yeah to get again. fired <laughs> Uh, don't we wish we all could do that? Just grab your boss and throw him through several walls.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah, there's, there's so many good lines. I of you to drop by. Huh, <laughs> ah, never heard that one before. <laughs> and more, my favourite character by far is Edna oh, yeah. Mode. <laughs> my God, you've got me fat. Come in, come, come. <laughs> This is a hobo suit, darling. You can't be seen in this. I want to. <laughs>
1: yeah, she's brilliant.
0: Completely bulletproof and machine washable, darling. That's a new yeah. feature.
1: And of course, uh n- no caps. <laughs> which has become a an internet meme now. It's it's everywhere. Long, I think yeah, yeah it's the only thing people remember. No caps. <laughs> 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 That is my (laughs) favourite. Did you see that video of this was years ago when Madonna (laughs) fell off stage? She tripped out. She tripped off her cape. She had this huge cape and (laughs) fell down the stairs. And this guy just put Edna Mode. No capes. It's just incredible. It's an incredible thing. (laughs) Brilliant. Oh god, that is so funny.
0: (laughs) Where was I? Oh yeah, Helen says to Edna. Jack-Jack doesn't have any powers. No? Well, he'll look fabulous anyway. There's <laughs> uh, a good one from Syndrome. You married Elastigirl?
1: Whoa, and got busy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think Syndrome is an underrated character in this. He's, he's pretty damn funny. Well, do you remember, because they, they, keep, they keep talking before as well about how villains are so stupid that they monologue. Do you remember that, where he's talking to Frozone? He's like, yeah. he literally had me in his grasp, and he's... He's, you know, monologuing about how I'm so much weaker than him. And stuff. <laughs> but I like how, uh, like, Incredible is, like, Buddy, and then he gets him to monologue, and he's explaining, like, how he became a supervillain, yeah. and then Incredible just throws a tree at him, and he's like, ah, oh, you caught me monologuing, you sly you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was brilliant.
0: Screenplay score, then, Baraz, what are you going for?
1: I'm not sure if I like it more than di- the directing. It's possible I do. Because I can quote the hell out of this film. Yeah, eight point yeah. 8. eight, maybe.
0: Yeah, I think I'll go the same. To be honest, and as you said right at the start of this, that uh, you know this is not based on an IP at all. This is all original stuff, even though it is kind of the best Fantastic Four yeah. movie. <laughs> but um, yeah, it, just the way it goes, the, the the whole time jump thing is genius. I've never seen that before in a superhero live action film yeah just just brilliant stuff again as you said so quotable so i think i'll go the same actually 8.8 right voice acting then i love wallace sean as gilbert hugh you know the the manager of the insurance company he's you know brilliant when bob is called into his office you kind of touched on it a little bit for the second time the way he goes from like being really irritable you know, irritating and then being really patronizing is amazing. And, you know, he's kind of really angry at moments as well. Such a brilliant voice for an animated Mm -hmm. film. So unique. I feel like Pixar really take care in like what voices they want to hear in their films. I think that it's brilliant. You know, this is certainly one of them. Also the, the character, like the middleman character that has to like relocate Mr. Incredible just a really nice like soft voice just a really great voice for mm. that character It just suits that character yeah, so well definitely. and of course <laughs> i absolutely love brad bird's performance as edna mode uh, who is the director of this film by the way who voices oh, Edna. okay um <laughs> yeah nice. I was I was like really awesome. That,
1: that's surprising. I can't believe I didn't know that.
0: Just this amazing like sassy supermodel fashion designer darling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who calls everyone darling and completely dominates every conversation. I lo- just love the scene where she's talking about the new suits, <laughs> the new super suits like it's high fashion. <laughs> uh just really hilarious voice. That, again, suits animation so well in this tiny character. And I think if this voice was in live action, it would just be so off-putting and it just wouldn't yeah. work. But in an animated film like this, it works yeah. so beautifully. It's by far the best character Yeah, for I me. think she's amazing. And all the best... My favourite scenes are with her for me. My favourite scenes are with her.
1: I, I, lo- I love when uh, uh, Helen is, like, crying because she realises... Bob is, like, on some fucking island somewhere in the the, the Pacific. Yeah. And uh, he's like, oh, what did I do? Why didn't I see? He's like, what do you do? Is this a question? You are girl." And she picks up a, you know, like a roll of newspaper and hits her on the head. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: My favourite performance is Brad Bird as Edna Mode. What is Hmm. yours?
1: I think she would be, like, my second. I think I would give it to Mr. Incredible. And, And then maybe... Oh, uh, right. Edna Mode as a, as, a, as a very close second. Craig T. Nelson, yeah, Craig T. Nelson. he plays Mr. Incredible. I'd put him as my first, and then her as my second, yeah. Ah, uh, okay. Wrong, but fine. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, what's your score going to be for voice acting?
1: I'll go 8.8 again.
0: Really? Okay, that's very high. <laughs> yeah, I think we've kind of talked about this before, but it's nice to talk about it again. It certainly takes an awful lot of effort for actors using their voices in such like strenuous ways for animated films um, you know they have to do it over and over again and certainly directors have to work around the voice performances so it's always really important to get those performances right for the director so it does take an awful lot of skill I would say certainly in the variations of, of moods and because you know these characters are so larger yeah. than life the actors have to be so larger than life with their voices you know with the insurance manager and lots mm-hmm. of the characters they have to go from like anger, anger to sadness like really quickly. I know they have lots of time in between, but, you know, it it can be really challenging. Mm. But they're only using their voices. They're not using their whole bodies in these Mm. films. So, you know, I'll go like an 8.1, I think. Right. Let's add up the scores then for The Incredibles. The Incredibles gets 51.4. So this week, X2 wins with 52. So very, very
1: tight. You know, I just realised something. Uh, I realised this a minute ago, but X two gets fifty two. X two, yeah, uh, has a two in it. It ends in two, so X two is yeah gets fifty two. <laughs> and five times two is ten, and the Roman numeral for ten is an X. Am I clutching at My God. Yeah. No.
0: My God. Bauer's dicks
1: is a great clutcher of straws, people. <laughs> I have finally my... lost my mind. I think I've been doing this way too long. <laughs> my
0: God, he's found his his X Men power, <laughs> clutching at <his> straws. <laughs> the the oh clutchy dear. dicks. The useless sad man. <laughs> I want him in the next Fantastic Four. Movie. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I just make the oh I make the, the the villain just kill himself, you know, because he's like, "What are you yeah. talking about?"
0: So X Men Two comes in at joint twenty third place with Miller's Crossing, and The Incredibles comes joint twenty sixth with Call Me by Your Name and Fantastic Mister Fox. Oh, okay,
1: yeah, it's an interesting company.
0: So next week we are not actually going to be relating our subject to a film release. We're actually going to relate it to Remembrance Day. So our subject for next week will be war films. And I think it's always really important to realise that films aren't always just about entertainment. It can be so much more than that. And war films in particular are, are such a great way to experience what our fallen heroes went through throughout history and all the wars that have unfortunately had to happen in our history so yeah so certainly a really important subject that i want to have a look at so yeah we'll be picking our favorite war films for next week and of course as you may know already we have a buy me a coffee account so if you look and I'll show you notes below. You can click on the link. And if you want to show your appreciation and say a big, big thank you, you can buy us a coffee and it'll be really, really nice. Thank you very much. Bowaz. you have been incredible. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only word, really, nice. for this week.
1: You have been X-Men United. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well,
0: Bye-bye. That's it for this week's pod. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. If you would like to find out more about the podcast or suggest future topics for us to discuss related to upcoming releases, let us know on Instagram at Film vs. Film Podcast and on Twitter at FVF underscore podcast. Remember, please subscribe. Pod signing off.